Let's take our text tonight from Colossians chapter 3. I'll read verse 1, 2, and 3. Colossians 3, 1, 2, and 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ, where Christ sit on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Yeah, a few months back, you know, when Brother Dave asked me to preach, um, I went into Galatian first because uh, you know, Christy and I was discussing some topic. There was some people were discussing, you know, within the church that uh, sometimes people feel that they were restricted, confined. There's no freedom, yeah, no freedom in Christ. Of course, you know, some people, they were using Galatian uh, as a, you know, quoting Galatian, oh, if freedom in Christ, of course, in the wrong context that they were talking, discussing that uh, freedom to do whatever they want to do. So, you know, the Lord lead me to study Galatian and because I did bad on a test when I was in college in the book of Galatians, so might as well try to make up for that. And um, so, you know, when I studied that, and again, what I got out of it, if you remember, was it's uh, freedom in Christ was the freedom to do what we ought to do in Christ, to glorify Jesus Christ, not the freedom to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, or how we want to do it, or to you know, live our life or have the gospel, you know, live the gospel, let the gospel adjust to our life instead of just our lifestyle to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of course, then it went to uh, Philippian, which was about uh, Christ is our glorious treasure. And then Philippian a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, which is as a servant of Jesus Christ, uh, it's such a joy to serve God. It is yeah, the joy of our salvation. Uh, Christ is the true ultimate joy of our life. And uh, Colossians here, Paul is uh, mainly it's uh, it's about the preeminence of Christ. It's about uh, the Trinity, God in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And um, it's uh, uh, amazing, you know, uh, just a background. Uh, Paul didn't you know, started the church in Colossians. It's just a small country church. It was uh, started by somebody who got saved in uh, Ephesus and then took it to home, his hometown and shared the gospel, started a home meeting, and then it be, you know, become a church. But it's a, a thing we're going there, happening there enough that Paul noticed it and want to write and, again, to encourage and uh, to teach uh, the saints there. And uh, and the main purpose of that uh, his uh, letter to uh, the Colossians was uh, to address some false teaching that was creeping into the church at that time, and it was the first stage of uh, Gnosticism, which was a combination of Eastern religion and Jewish legalism and just Greek. Uh, mythology, all-knowing, so you, you have to know everything to be safe. Again, it's just a bunch of teaching uh, combined trying to uh, creep into the church. 
There's no different now. There's a lot of teaching, a lot of ideology that is creeping into the church you know, uh, everywhere. And that's why we have to study, we have to read, pray for guidance, for God's wisdom to know what's right and what's wrong and what is true doctrine and that uh, who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate authority you know, in our life. So my question tonight is, what is creeping in to your lives, to our lives, to my lives? You know, is there, you know, sometimes it doesn't take a lot. Is there anger or just even, yeah, it doesn't have to be full anger, angry, you know. Sometimes when somebody says something or somebody do something to annoy you, the anger start to creep into our lives if we don't check it. If we don't allow God to work in it, it will become something bigger. It will fester in your heart and it will become an obstacle in your life. What about animosity between friends or family? Yeah, again, it will just start with a simple misunderstanding, but it could become something big. It could become something that will destroy the family dynamic, the relationship in that family. I have a good example, personal. Back many, many years ago, maybe during college, I think, I believe my sister said something to me. I don't remember what it is. You know, uh, I didn't talk to her for a year. And, you know, again, when uh, I think about it, when I, I pray, you know, before I receive my sanctification, I said, you know, I, I don't even know what, it is that I'm mad at her for, or that, you know, I need to forgive her for that. And I did, then, uh, you know, it was a burden lifted off. And that uh, that little just offense, whatever she did, how I took it, it cost a whole year relationship without, you know, fellowship or uh, whatever thing that can happen, lost time that you can never gain back. So is there anything something like that in your life that's creeping into that, you know, that can become a huge, huge burden, obstacle, or break the family dynamic or break the family relationship. Um, what else? What about religion? Now, you don't think that uh, uh, you're listening to any other religion or following another religion, but you know what? There is a lot of thing that being taught to our children in school that they don't want it to call religion, but it is religion. They're trying to tell our kid that, you know, if you're a certain group, you have to say you're sorry for whatever done many hundreds of years ago. And if you're another group, you need to have, be in power to, you know, to do whatever. You, you need to be, you know, uh, lifted up, put on a pedestal. That's just hogwash. You know, I'm in a certain group. What do I do? How should I feel? You know what? The only thing that they're oppressed with, they need to recognize is their sin. Sin is the thing that oppresses all of us, everybody in this entire world. As, as soon as they recognize that, you know, they would be better off. They would know who their true God is. But as soon as you're using your excuse, uh, any other excuse to try to, 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 you know, for somebody to believe beside the one true God, it's just going to fail. And you have to be careful and check yourself 
You have to ask your children. You have to teach your children. You have to have that discussion, or else your children is going to fall into that trap and fall into that lie. And look at what happened to Adam and Eve. I mean, it didn't start like, oh, you know, hey, I want to know everything. I, I'm all that. But it all started with just one conversation with the devil, and soon the devil was able to convince them that you know what, you. Are God, you know, if you eat this fruit, you can become like God. That's what the world, that's what our culture is trying to do to our children, to us. They're trying to use our children to get to us. But if we're not careful, if we don't study God's word, if we don't pray, we will fall into that trap. We will. I can guarantee you that because I've seen it happen, and it is happening. So that's what Paul was trying to do. That uh, yeah, they, they they were trying to teach that hey, Jesus is not God. He's just another man. He's an angel. Or he whatever else. But Paul reminded them that you know Jesus is the ultimate authority. Jesus is the preeminence of everything. How about one other thing? Anything? What's creeping into your home? You know. Uh, I, I speak of this many times. Like um, there was a time that, yeah, we didn't like to come to Tuesday night services or Friday night services because of one excuse, one reason or another. Like you know, maybe because we're too tired, it's a lame excuse. Or maybe we have a TV show that's coming on that certain hour that we have to be, or a sport event. Those are kind of lame excuses. If Jesus is your priority, if Jesus is preeminent in your life, there's no reason that you shouldn't be uh, at Tuesday night service or Friday night service. You know why? I, I can understand. There's work. There's a certain event, sickness, whatever. But if you can make it, there's blessing. I'm already blessed just to hear Brother Ray and Brother Nolan' uh, testimony. I mean. That alone, we should just end the service after Brother Nolan testify and sing a song and come out to prayer. I mean, that's just encouragement enough. Yeah. But um, again, it's important. What is creeping into your home? If you don't check, if you don't pray, if you don't ask the Lord to open your eyes, your heart, it might be too late when these things that can disrupt your life with Jesus Christ. How, you know, again, I mentioned already what's creeping into our churches too, and we can't just succumb to every things that's out there that's trying to be uh, indoctrinated into our uh, family here. You know, our faith in Jesus Christ should transform our relationship with uh, in every area of our life, like uh, our homes, our job, our churches, and our world. You know. Um, what I mean that by that is like, in our home, in our lives, it's easy to be, you know, to be a, that perfect Christian when we come to church. It's easy to be friendly. It's great. It's nice to talk to your kid with a smile, you know, good job or hold their hand. But when you get home, when you get home, yes, those kids can be wild, and you know, a lot of time, kids, teenager. They always think they're right, and they think they know better than you. 
Sometime I just told Christy, yeah, I can't argue with them. There's five of them. I can't win. You know, but uh, I'll pray for them. But, uh, you know, it's just not how we talk here, but at home. If I, the way I act and communicate with him, uh, with them here at church is different than at home, they will know that I'm living a lie. I have to live the life that Jesus wants me to live. It doesn't matter if it's at home or at church or how I communicate with my wife or how you communicate with your spouse. It has to be that as of Christ first in our lives, how he would talk to us if Jesus Christ was there. You know, there's, I'm learning. I'm thankful that God gave me a tender heart to learn, to make, to learn from my mistake, to learn from my errors of my way. And I'm, I'm thankful for that, that he is so merciful and so forgiving that I can grow in him to be a better person each day. And work, does Christ transform our relationship at work? You know, that's a tough one. If you're a boss, you know, sometimes you have authority, you have power. Do you communicate with those under you as if Christ was there in loving way? Yes, I can understand this frustration and stuff like, like that. Is there any reason why you can't communicate with that person or your employee as you would if Christ was the director of your life? How about if you're an employee, you have a boss. If the boss tells you to do something or you know, within the means, within the policy or whatever, do you always try to uh, justify and vindicate in everything you do or that you're right? Ask the Lord about that. We are called, like the song, I like that song, higher ground. We are called to stand on higher ground as Christian. If Christ is in our life, if he is the preeminence in our life, we are called to be on higher ground. You know, um, Paul encourages the uh, Colossian saint not to compromise. And we shouldn't compromise in anything, in anything we do. Despite facing pressures from the culture around us, from family, from friends that are not safe, from things that's going on right now, the, the crazy stuff, we shouldn't compromise. Jesus Christ come first. Yeah, you know, Paul encouraged them to live out their faith. And again, we should live out our faith in everything we do and everything we say. Again, he reminded them Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And we have to believe that. We have to know that. Because he is. He is the full deity, you know, of God. Yeah, I, I love this verse. Um, when I, you know, every time when I, uh, going through some, uh, challenging time, a challenging situation, you know, Colossians 1, 16, 17, it says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principality or power. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Right there. If anybody want to argue and say, yeah, Christ is God, take him to that verse or John 1.1. 1, 1. I mean, how, what, what else there need to be uh, argue about or complain or doubt about? You know, we have been raised in Christ, therefore we live 
in Him. And uh, our quality should be motivated by Christ's love. Yeah, He is Lord over all. The life that we have is the life submission to Christ. And that's what I'm trying to get across tonight. And, you know, all of you here know and understand that. And um, it's through Christ that we see the characteristic of God. Yeah. Our, our reliance on uh, as a Christian should be Christ alone, not human rules, regulation, or anything else. I know there's a lot of things out there to that, but it should be on Christ alone. You know, hey, our life in Christ is to pursue holiness because God is holy. That should be the only that is the only reason because he is holy. So, you know, um, tonight, if Christ is not our focus, something else will be. Yeah, I was going to bring a binocular, but yeah, in a rush, we forgot. When you get to my age, you'll see. Um, uh, you know, a lot of time when we go on trip on hikes and stuff like that, I like to bring a binocular, but most of the time I forget it. Try to leave it in a car, but you know. We, we focus that thing to see something far, to see something clear. Again, if Christ is not our focus, if we don't have our focus in Christ at all time, something else is going to come into our view and take away from that focus in Christ. And it will just be a little bit at a time. Soon you will be out of range. Soon it will become too blurry that you forgot what was going on. You don't realize what just happened, what happened. Again, take just a little bit, a little step at a time. You know, here's one of my other favorite verse. It says Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever ye do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and in Father by Him. That's the verse that helped me carry me through many, many of a situation, many, many of a challenges, you know, at work, home, or anywhere. If I remind, I remind myself, not if, I have to remind myself, everything I do is due unto the Lord. If I do it for somebody, I most likely won't want to do it. If I do it for myself, probably wouldn't. If I do it for, you know, this or that or work or whatever, I most likely wouldn't want to. But I do it unto the Lord. I do it for the, to glorify His name, to glorify Him. You know, not for any other reason. But if that is our focus, we will keep on going. Will we keep on strong? You know, um, if Christ is supreme in our life, nothing else should distract us uh, from Him. If we let anything else, um, we must not let anything else you know, come between us and glorifying God. See, I'll close with this. Um, I read a story, Leonardo da Vinci, you know, famous Renaissance person, uh, regarding he took a friend to criticize his masterpiece, the Lord's Supper. You know, he, he wants his friend to just say, give an opinion of that. He asks his friend, what is the most striking thing about this painting? And his friend looked and for a while observed and then said, 
you know, the thing that stick out the most to me in this painting is the cup of Christ. So he took a paintbrush and just painted over that cup, erased it out because he said, and his friend asked him, why did you do that? I said, he said, I do not want anything to take away from uh, my Lord as the center of attention. Is there anything in your life right now that is taking Christ, uh, the, the attention away from Christ, from you glorifying Christ, to you to live uh, as a, a, a walking testimony for Jesus Christ? If it is, take that paintbrush and wipe it out or give it to the Lord. Erase it because our life should be in Christ. Christ is the preeminence in us. Nothing else matter. As you hear in the testimony, you know, that is an awesome, awesome testimony tonight. I mean, just like Christ is, I mean, wouldn't what I would love to be many years from now to say that testimony that you know, I lived so many years serving the Lord and Christ still reign in my life. And I pray and hope that he does. And I pray and hope that my children, you know, live in Christ, that Christ is the main focal point in their life and in everything they do. So again, asking you, if you're not saved, you need to be saved because Christ need to be the main focus in your life. He need to be the preeminence in your life because the world needs help. The world is not going to save itself. They think it will, but only Jesus Christ can save the world. And if you need your deeper experiences, God can give that to you. So again, what is first in your life? If Christ is not first in your life, he needs to be. Because only Him, only in him that he can provide us the strength and the power to to be, you know, a walking testimony for him. So, again, we invite you to pray in every service. And the song uh, for invitation is 653.